The Pearls of Excellence, a series produced by the Foundation for Excellence in Women's Health in collaboration with the SASCOG, the Society of Academic Specialists in General Obstetrics and Gynecology. Today's pearl is entitled Perioperative Management of Anticoagulation in Gynecologic Patients, authored by Dr. Christopher M. Zahn, edited by Dr. Eduardo Laratore. Originally published December 2015, reaffirmed in May of 2017 and November of 2018. For patients using chronic antithrombotic therapy undergoing gynecologic surgery, interruption of therapy to reduce bleeding risk must be balanced against the risk of thromboembolism. Patients may benefit from bridging therapy, in which a short-acting anticoagulant, low molecular weight heparin, LMWH, or unfractionated heparin, is used in the perioperative period. The decision to use bridging therapy depends on individualized risk assessment, including patient preferences, and the potential use of multidisciplinary input. Today, we'll look at risk stratification, bridging protocols, preoperative timing, postoperative timing, antiplatelet therapy, newer agents, and emergent surgery. Let's first look at risk stratification. Risk assessments may include use of an instrument such as a CHADS-2. CHADS-2 is Congestive Heart Failure Hypertension Age Diabetes Stroke Score to predict the risk of stroke. Risk of bleeding and of thromboembolism may also be predicted. See tables 2 to 4 in ACOG's Committee Opinion Number 610, which define the risk and the associated recommended management protocols for perioperative anticoagulation. Other considerations include the type of thromboembolism, whether arterial or venous, and individual patient characteristics, such as age, BMI, mobility, which may upgrade or downgrade recommendations. Patients with a personal history of thromboembolism more than 12 months before their planned surgery may avoid anticoagulation unless the patient has an active malignancy. Patients with a mechanical heart valve may be at high risk. Consultation with a cardiologist to define risk and management is generally advised. Let's look at bridging protocols. Bridging protocols may incorporate LMWH, or unfractionated heparin, and are generally divided into low- and high-dose regimens. Low-dose is considered prophylactic, involving once or twice daily, that would be 40 milligrams anexaparin, or twice would be 30 milligrams anexaparin. LMWH, or subcutaneous heparin, 5,000 to 7,500 international units twice daily. High-dose, or therapeutic regimens, include LMWH at 1 milligram per kilogram twice daily, or 1.5 milligram per kilogram once daily, or intravenous unfractionated heparin to achieve an APTT of 1.5 to 2 times control. Therapeutic dosing regimens have been the most widely studied for bridging therapy. Let's look at preoperative timing. Vitamin K antagonist, warfarin, therapy is typically stopped five days before surgery, and bridging therapy, if used, is started. Patients with higher INR on vitamin K antagonist therapy may need to stop earlier. INR should be checked the day before surgery, if not normalized, Oral vitamin K of 1 to 2 milligrams is recommended. When using bridging therapy, 
therapeutic dosing is stopped 24 hours before surgery when using LMWH and 6 hours for intravenous unfractionated heparin. Subcutaneous unfractionated heparin should be stopped the night before the procedure. Thromboprophylaxis should be administered with pneumatic compression devices and possibly prophylactic heparin dosing depending on the risks of thromboembolism and bleeding. Let's talk about postoperative timing. If adequate hemostasis is present, vitamin K antagonist therapy may begin 12 to 24 hours postoperatively. Patients receiving bridge therapy with therapeutic dosing and who have undergone surgery with a high risk of bleeding may restart therapy 48 to 72 hours postoperatively. Bridging therapy is continued until the INR reaches a therapeutic range. Now let's look at antiplatelet therapy, aspirin, clopidogrel. Bridging therapy is typically not recommended for patients on antiplatelet agents. For patients using aspirin at high risk of cardiovascular event, aspirin should be continued because the benefit outweighs the risk of bleeding. Patients at low risk should stop aspirin 7 to 10 days before surgery and restart it with similar schedule to the vitamin K antagonist recommendations. Clopidogrel should be stopped 5 to 7 days before surgery and therapeutic dose restarted 12 to 24 hours postoperatively. Let's look at newer agents. Less is known about perioperative management for patients using target-specific anticoagulants such as rivaroxaban, apixaban, and dibigatran. Possible schemes include stopping therapy five days before surgery with bridging therapy or stopping one to five days before without bridging therapy. Consultation with a hematologist, cardiologist, or primary care provider may be beneficial for managing these patients. Emergent surgery. Women receiving vitamin K antagonists may require vitamin K, 1 to 2 milligrams, to reverse the anticoagulation effects and decrease the delay for surgery. IV heparin may be used as a bridging therapy if the nature and urgency of the procedure allow. Be sure to visit our website for the full version of this pearl and to follow up with suggested further readings and references. You should also review the important notices on use and reliance on our Pearl's articles. Visit us at excellence.org. This article is protected under copyright laws of the United States. No redistribution is authorized without the expressed written consent of the Foundation for Excellence in Women's Health.